How do we help the low tiers and make Street Fighter V more fun to play overall? Catalyst and I share and argue about a few theories on this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me, as well, with me as always. Oh my god, I can't believe I botched that. Don't worry, we'll edit that out, and we'll use a totally different intro. Yeah. <laughs> that is the first time we've been doing this for like. How long now? Almost two years. This is episode 140. Oh, man. Like, almost two years. I've never botched that before. And now, I, of course, today, this is how angry I am, John. Like, like I, I went on and I played Street Fighter V ranked last night. I actually had a pretty good time. but Did you miss a few meaties? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What do you think? You know? <laughs> I'm just saying that like, because meaties are the thing that I, I miss way more often than I should. And I think everybody yes. does. And when you're talking about dropping the ball in the uh, the intro there, it's like, yeah, I miss meaties like that all the time. I can't talk any smack. Yeah, it's a, We all mess up, right? And it's, of course, it's never, uh, it's, it's never our fault if we mess up. But clearly it was this microphone that I have in front of me. Or, you know, like, my, my, you know what happened? I heard some lag on my yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. Too, it's, it's, it's clearly, it's not my problem it's your problem somehow uh but but speaking of dealing with you know online play and other stuff like that i actually want to kick us off now this is going to be a big street fighter 5 podcast shocker to the people who listen to us i i know are we going to talk about air fireballs uh, i want to talk about shiva and oh and uh, mortal kombat 11 and i want to congratulate nrs for jumping uh, ha, 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 all over a problem here with this character who basically has the equivalent of bison's ex head stomp going on or had uh and i still think it's you know whether it was you know worse or better or whatever you get a little apples to oranges there when you're talking about two different games but nrs went right in there saw that complaints for the community maybe spurred on by why did nrs do this you know a couple other things and the drag and drop move now is two more frames basically a startup uh and they give another one of her moves the dragon stance two more frames of startup basically they're like you know what this is a move you have to react to. This is a very powerful move that if you don't react to it in time, it's frustrating. Shiva's kind of, you know, she's she's whatever she is, right, at this moment. But this is a frustrating part of the game that we don't want to be that frustrating anymore. And I congratulate NRS. So I put him on blast a ton last week, deservedly so. I don't regret anything uh, until NRS's lawyers hit me up and be like, then I regret everything. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, in this moment in time, they haven't sued me yet. So I don't regret anything. And I actually want to congratulate them on addressing a big time need in the community and then immediately shine the light on Capcom and go, hey, M. Bison's EX Stomp has been one of the dumbest things in the game since it freaking happened. And you guys can't take a cue from NRS and do the same thing. You can't add two or three more frames of startup on that dumb move. Like, look, I go back to this example. I'll go to it again. In tournament offline, uh, there was two players. That, it was like Fudo and like Dogura or something like that. And, and he lands that attack, the EX Stomp with Bison and both the guys look at each other and just go, that was stupid. Like you can just yeah. see it written all over their faces. Ah, it, the, the little like I got away with it smile. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. So I played Street Fighter V online last night. And, and, and let me be very clear about this because I, I, I need to straight uh, state this for, for transparency. Uh, Bison is a very good character against Monat, right? So that definitely contributes to my frustration. There's there's not a thing on the planet, but sure. Bison's also a good character against pretty much everyone on the cast. He's a he's a he's a who likes seeing Bison on the other side, right? And then you couple that with latency, which is look, latency is a factor with online fighting games. Period. In this moment in time, and probably for the foreseeable future, that is a thing. So you have a character who's super strong and has a move that works extremely well online, and you're like, let's leave this intact for four or five years. Why not? Why not do that? Where are your freaking heads at? Why have you not addressed this move before then? We've talked about it a ton. Like I, I literally think we've, we've talked about Bison's EX Stomp for about four years straight now. 
you know, uh, I don't think the first year, because Bison was kind of a whatever character, but he's been really good ever since. And you've pretty much got a move that's like, I hope this works. Let me do it. And of course, sometimes it does. And it just cheapens your freaking game. And NRS sees that happen with Shiva. They address it really quickly. And again, so this is where I go back to with Capcom. Why the hell have you not addressed it after all this time? This entire... Oh, he's such a frustrating character to deal with. I was writing about this, and in a story, maybe it was last week or the week before, I talked about five moves that I really would like to see toned down. Of course, that was one of the moves that was on this list. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, I'm not exactly sure how to tackle yeah. this move in terms of nerfs. You said maybe some delay or further further startup, but I don't know that that would do very much for this particular attack and how it functions. But it's a, it's a little bit more of a jigsaw puzzle than just tweaking a little bit of frame data, yeah, I think. I mean, my main, the main way I would do it, because I, I, I'm going to tweaking the frame data because that's what NRS just did with Shiva. And they're like, that's how they solved right. it. So it's like, if they solved it that way, maybe that's the best way of going about it. But one of the things about this move is if it lands like directly on your head, it does 160 damage. That's extremely powerful for an EX reversal. That's pretty much safe. It's not a, you know, a true EX reversal. I get that. Oh, try beating it. You're just going to whiff and get crushed down. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, and so a perfectly safe EX reversal that you get a follow up on. If it lands, 160 damage. If it doesn't, you pretty much can make it safe each and every time. So how you could do that is you could tone down the damage. And that happens if Bison hits you basically like, you know, during the air, it's like 100 damage versus 160. You really feel that when you're playing against Bison. It's to get hit out of the mm -hmm. air. It's not that bad. And so do is a way of balancing that is, is to make the um, make it more telegraphed, basically, where you have more of an opportunity to jump back and hit him out of it. Is it making the hurt box uh you know, larger, the hitbox worse. I don't know because it's hard to balance without these builds in our hands and to actually fill it and, and have it go. But this is just a classic example of why hasn't this move been addressed this entire time we've been talking about Street Fighter V when NRS just jumped in and did it. Like, that's my big point here is that Capcom... And NRS did it two frames at a time. You could do little yes. two frame tweaks here and there and see how it plays out. Hey, maybe it's maybe you nerfed it a tiny bit and it still stayed as Rashid did in season four, got nerfed, but he was still just fine. It's like, okay, well, that tells us we need to do two more frames next time or whatever. Do it incrementally, but do it. Do something. You know, do freaking something. Don't give us this crap every single year after year. The community, I, I have yet to hear a single pro player, a single person on the planet that's not a Bison player say, you know what's a great design move? EX Stomp. <sighs> When, when those words you know what really makes my weekend gives it that extra umph is when i get hit with an ex yeah. <laughs> yeah what a great design move when those are the the kind of consistent reactions what you do is you dial okay so let's let's get into the, the the brass tacks of this stuff what you do is you you collectively look at those moves you collectively look at those moves that cheapen the experience of your game and say you know what regardless of however this character is balance wise this move is not a fun experience for the game. Like moves that you have to react to are exponentially better online because reaction times are delayed on online no matter what. And so, well, wait, what's your reaction to EX Stomp? Because I've—that's uh, the kind of move that I've said before. You see it coming, you're like, "Well, I better block because I can't do anything else." And then though every once in a while you're like, oh, I see it coming so far, I'm going to DP, and then you get crush countered. Yeah, okay, so Minot does have some solutions. I, I've labbed this one heavily because Bison's one of her, if not her worst matchup, it's one of them. And she can actually jump back medium punch on reaction if it's super telegraphed. Now, that is hard to do, and sometimes you get hit for doing it anyway, but you get hit with the 100 damage version, not the 160, and so you hit, you know... Bison with your 60 damage medium punch or whatever, and it's it's a decent trade. And he spins a bar for it, that's fine. You know, kind of thing. It's like that. I'll I'll take that trade. Even though he wins on damage, he spent a bar for it. I'm good. You know, the problem is, is reacting to that consistently is very hard. Um, it, it's look, I am I am a grandmaster player, 57,000 points or whatever. I go on 10 game win streaks. I think I just you drive a Dodge Stratus. You can do 100 pushups in 20 exactly. minutes. Boom. There you go, John. Thank you for backing me up. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm not bad at this game, right? I'm, I can competently play it is what I'm getting at. And if it's hard for me to consistently react to this, like imagine how difficult this is for the masses. Like I, I wanted to give a little bit of personal experience to go with the tournament players and like you know your other players and stuff and it's like if you have a move that's that frustrating to deal with why are you keeping it that strong and your your excuse should not be well bison should be this strong and we're going to make this move this strong it's like make his other stuff better that's more thoughtful 
don't keep the stuff that's brain dead super strong. And this is an argument you and I have had, not not back and forth, where we agree, argument with Capcom, that look, just freaking make your game more well thought out. If you have brain dead moves, don't make those moves super strong. Make those moves more thoughtful and calculated. And there are some easy solutions staring you in the face that you freaking won't do, and I don't understand why. Uh, music to my ears. I've been feeling that way about this game for a, for a good long while here. And this particular move in general, there's a handful of others, of course, but this particular move definitely could use that treatment. Again, what, well, it, it gets hard to kind of think about how you would balance this game when you start to think about the specific hoops that you would have to still jump through. You know, it already has an identity and it already has a particular direction that Capcom wants to go with it. It already has you know, the expectations of being a street fighter game as opposed to different type of fighting game, Mortal Kombat or Marvel or anything else. Um, so there are a lot of kind of juggling balls that you have to consider when you're thinking about making adjustments to this. And it really becomes a lot less obvious for certain things as to how you would go about fitting or checking all of those boxes simultaneously and moving the game towards a better balance and more uh, a better sense of fun, I should say, uh, and a better sense of risk versus reward balance, um, not necessarily just character balance. Right. Right. So, you know what? Okay. So let's really get into this. Like, I know that the, the focus here more was less on the high tiers, man, that these high tiers, they spark this passion in us, right? That we, it's, it's hard to not focus on them. Uh, but mm -hmm. I know we wanted to aim a little bit lower than the top five, top 10 characters. And, and so I, I, I do want to kick this off here with that. The, the separation between the best characters and the worst is really bad in Street Fighter Five. Uh, you, you go and you compare Alex to Akuma and it is just a night and day difference in terms of how much mm -hmm. ability and stuff you have. And actually one of the things you can talk about, cause you play a mid tier and then you play a high tier, right? You play Seth and Nikali. Like what is the difference between like their power levels? Like the moment you, you touch the character. Okay. So for most of the time, the higher tier character will have more options in the ways that maybe they can approach the ways they can dance the neutral dance. Um, but also a lot of them are, are the innate juggling balls that they throw the opponent that they have to consider from the outright or from the outset just because they exist, right? And so they have to be worried about, like if you're talking about Bison, I'm always going to be worried about him doing a slide on top of everything else that he could potentially do um, and, and things along those lines. Uh, you know, you can approach from 16 different ways if you're Akuma via Demon Flips or being on the ground or, you know, playing a zoning game and, um, and all this stuff where other characters like Alex sit there and they feel incredibly limited where they have to like maybe try to guess an unsafe, you know, special move in or or just play footsies with with inferior tools and then have very little in the way of follow-ups and such um but to more directly answer your question when it comes to like the difference between nikali and seth actually um first of all seth's a better character seth has more options um just like something in his forward jump having the ability to go into a, a an axe kick at any point can really screw people up just with the mechanic of or just with the yeah the mechanic of jumping forward like that's a huge innate advantage that he has Nikali does have a dive kick so there is that but it, it certainly isn't as effective as Seth's um at the other on the other side of that coin and especially in the Minot matchup which we play a lot um Nikali does better there and that's very specifically because Nikali has the the privilege the advantage of having a ground pound mm -hmm. where Seth just ha doesn't have that so it's it's kind of a, a reversal of, of the characters in terms of their abilities here, but the point still stands. Having just a, an option for, for your opponent to have to consider or have to think about is in and of itself not only good because you have that option, but be good because it makes everything else powerful as well. Yeah. It sharpens all the tools around you just by being there. Yes. It, 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 just another juggling pin. I love that analogy you've always used. You've used that for many years. You might be able to juggle three balls. But can you juggle four? You know, and it it really starts to take its toll in this game. Like it, it's in that maybe that that fourth you know juggling pin is like uh, way easier to juggle. Like you know half the time it juggles itself or some weird crap like that. But mm -hmm. even even just having that little bit of extra thing and just getting the opponent to hesitate just a min uh, minute you know or yep. a second I should say like it means so much in this game. So. There's a lot of like, you know, with the mid-tier characters, it's like, you know, well, Okuma only has five more options than, you know, Monat does <laughs> and stuff. And it's like those five options add up real quickly in this game really fast. And and again, you 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 can really overwhelm people with that kind of stuff. And, and so 
getting back to it, uh, I've said this before, um, I want to say it again, that I would take basically everyone in the top 10 and adjust them down to nerf everyone in the top 10 and, and make them like a top 10-ish type of character. Uh, just because like that separation between the mid-tier and low tiers compared to the high tiers is just way too freaking much. And everyone, like there should not be a very clear number one or, or anyone in the top 10 I, I don't think should be left intact. I think everyone there should get a nerf or two. Uh, and in a couple mm -hmm. of cases, like 50. But um, uh, so, so our general idea here, I don't know if it's been outright stated, but our general idea here is how might we approach sort of balancing or further balancing the roster but more from the point of view of of how do we attend to bringing up the the rear as opposed to just you know regulating the top tiers which is what we talk about very often and for for good reason like that's where a lot of people's attentions are but we want to talk about how we're going to bring it up the rear bring up the bottom tier and, and make things um well make there be a little bit more potential for these lower tier characters and and like you said earlier kind of close the gap between the best and the worst um and so i, I just wanted to to quickly frame that um before we go forward here because uh, i do think that they're <laughs> very clearly need to be nerfs down there but the only way you're going to actually get this game to the state that you like the quote-unquote perfect state is through the elbow grease of figuring out the risk and reward of every last little move and that's never going to happen yeah. completely but we do want to think about it in terms of are there any kind of lower hanging broad sweeping general kind of changes that we could implement here that would help out the bottom tiers in a significant way making them not only better but but more enticing to play more fun mm -hmm. of an experience to play while simultaneously not helping out or hindering the top tiers. Yeah, and, and I know there's some people out there going like, the top 10? You want to nerf the entire top 10? It's like, you need to look really closely at the latter part of tournaments if you don't agree with that statement. And, and see that like we're getting dominated by Akuma, Urian, Bison. We listed off stats before in a previous podcast, um, but you don't even know, need to go back and check that podcast. You can literally look at the, the CPT and other stuff and just see that after a certain point, there are certain characters that are consistently way above the rest of the fold. And again, I mean, you can make your cases against it, but our case is that, look, the data is irrefutable that these characters are noticeably better than some of the other cast and again right and if we're gonna have another two years or so of this game and, and it is build continued as a service like this is the kind of thing that we should be attending to this is the way you you continue to develop street fighter five is talking about this kind of hey, stuff you know capcom like nrs like i i know you guys you know are kind of whatever maybe on on them or something like that they happen to sell like 11 million copies of their freaking games all the time so maybe looking at some of the stuff they do there and being like, hey, that's really smart and, and we should check our egos and not just do things the Capcom Street Fighter way and actually kind of adjust to that. Maybe there's something there to it and maybe we should attend to Bison and other stuff. And again, I, I know I am preaching to the choir for some of the people at Capcom there. There are very sharp people who have really made their opinions known about this stuff as well and gotten the, the shut the hell down. And so... If the, the right people are listening to this podcast, I hope, but probably not. But I, I, I know that at Capcom, there are some people I'm preaching to the choir here, but I want to get this freaking, this this negative energy I got out of me, John. Like, <laughs> this is, I got a raging demon inside of me. I got to freaking get out. You've been playing Street Fighter online, haven't you? <laughs> I can tell. I, how do you know that, John? Like, is that a psychic read? But anyway, so um, the thing about this is if all of a sudden, if you get the, the, the high tiers, a few matchups to flip, like, those characters, the insane incentives that pros have to play Akuma, they're greatly diminished. Let's say in the scenario that Akuma becomes the seventh best character in the game instead of the first overall, and Ryu becomes the 20th best, right? Right in the middle. Now, even though Akuma is higher in the tiers, it'll make more sense for people to play Ryu because Ryu's strengths will stand out more. Akuma won't be so overbearing like he is right now, and that should lead to greater variety overall. It's not going to lead to insane variety, but it's going to help the whole process. And this, again, going back to history, it's what we saw with Ultra Street Fighter 4. It's what we saw with Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, these games, when they when you even out those those insane top tiers and make the, the middle tiers better and all that kind of stuff, you separate, you, you decrease the gap, I should say. 
it really has a great effect on your game because there's a lot of people who do not want to play Akuma. But it's like, you know what? I'm forced to play him because the alternatives, they're not good enough. And you need to make your alternatives. I'm not saying Ryu needs to be better than Akuma. That's probably never going to happen in this game. But you need to make Ryu good enough and Akuma uh, Akuma work, uh, 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 weak enough that you justify character variety. That is a huge, huge, huge thing here. And the again, I can't divorce this conversation from going back to uh, appreciating how difficult this is because yes. there's so many hoops to simultaneously jump through, and each hoop has a different level of of priority or severity or gravity about it. You no, know, no, technically hold on. you could. I, I have to I have to combo break you here just a little bit, John, because I agree completely. But here's the thing, and you, this comes directly from you. This is really hard. So why the hell isn't Capcom adjusting stuff a frame here, a frame there, periodically? Why are we getting these? giant balance patches that only happen once a year or twice a year why aren't they making minor tweaks to stuff that we know are giant problems i'm just going to insert right here that thing i said a little bit earlier about two <laughs> frames at a time and you have a great point that's what i'm getting back to it's like why are you not again i get that you said you only want to do major balance changes here and there and that's fine but you could tweak stuff like bison's ex stomp or you could tweak akuma like you did in the past and the community mm -hmm. was super receptive over that hey it didn't go far enough you know what we're gonna do in a month or two we're gonna hit akuma again we're gonna hit bison again because these characters are just too far out in front of everyone and to me like knowing the, the logistics of, of how stuff works at Capcom, I don't know all of them, but knowing enough of those, there's no freaking excuse for them not doing it. You are, are speaking the truth right now. You're putting it into existence. Capcom needs to listen to you and, and really follow through on that because there's just no excuse in my eyes. But I'm sorry, I combo break you. Now continue to combo me, please. <laughs> well, in terms of like, okay, who's your worst character? Probably Alex, right? You could just look at that and go... Well, let's just make his jab do more and more damage until it's at a point where his deficit is basically made up by that one thing. Mm -hmm. And so what does that, I mean, maybe it's drastic and his jab does a third of your health. So really Alex becomes this character now that just needs to land three jabs in order to win the game. And that technically balances him with all of Akuma's abilities. Uh, sure, maybe you've, as far as the numbers go, technically found a way to balance things out, uh, but that's not fun. You know, yeah. that's going to be lame after just a few a few jabs, both for the people playing against and the people playing as, unless, of course, you're winning money in a tournament and fame and all that stuff. But even then, it's very much cheapened. So it's not like you can just say, okay, tweak Alex's jab to do enough damage. It has to all exist within the realm of Street Fighter, the realm specifically of Street Fighter V, and what is particularly strong in this game as it exists now. Uh, uh, John, before you go on a, a little bit, you, you just talked about cheapening the game making the game mm -hmm. more fraudulent. I want to give people a tangible example of that happening. And this player has kind of admitted it over the years, and that's Vasant winning EVO with Dark Phoenix. Um, and this is the original Marvel 3. And again, he is an EVO champion. It's not like Vasant is some terrible player or whatever like that. He's very clearly, if you can win an EVO title at anything, you're good. He beat low-tier god at Street Fighter. From <laughs> but... Even him afterwards, like, you know, there was the, the whole Marvel Infinite tournament where you could use a stone to, like, get matched up with whoever you wanted to. And and he put on Twitter, he's like, someone's going to use the stone on me so they get matched up with the me. The Viscount stone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it, it's like, look, like, he won a tournament, props to him. And I actually like Vasant a lot as a player. Like, I, I, I he, he seems really down to earth and awesome. Like, I, I can't take any anything away from him personality-wise, but... That victory, you could say, no, I, I can say this for sure. That victory is not as well thought of as the time Justin Wong won. Or, you know, uh, Fokker, or all the other people who won EVO tournaments. Their victories are held much higher than what Vasant did. And, and that is the example of winning with a character that's, you know, you know, kind of thing. I, Vasant also had that great moment of like where it was like him and like, was it Pierre Balrog or something like that? And they're both mashing jab and, and it's like they do it for 10 seconds straight and we're like, okay, this is happening at Evo and... Oh my gosh. Like. It, it, you are absolutely right. And in this, that's like on the biggest stage, what having a, a legitimately cheap part of your game can do to it. I mean, yes, there was an Evo champion and, and not to take away too much. And he would say the same thing, I'm sure. Yeah. It's like this win was not the same as those wins because it was this much easier. Yes. 
uh, or it was this much less of that real time, uh, your brain versus my brain with these select tools and they're close enough and the risk and reward is balanced enough that that becomes super interesting. And, they, and the part of that that is the deciding factor is the ability of the player as opposed to the imbalance and the tools and the resources. And the big thing here is this is a microcosm of what's going on with your game online when people are playing it. This is not just, we're not just talking about Evo Tournament, we're talking about Joe who goes on to play Street Fighter V and he gets head stomped 50 times by Bison and he's like, this game sucks and I'm going to go play another game that this kind of crap doesn't happen in. Uh, and, you know, shout out CFGC. Well, or does he pick Bison and just start head stomping and say, oh, this game rules uh, now. That's I. Okay, so. No, I'm asking, does he do I that? Wanna, because I, that's kind of what they're basically saying they'll do I, if they're not getting rid of these moves. It's like, well, bring in the new people I, and have them do the easy I buttons. was not going to say this, John, but John knows the story and now I'm going to say it. I may or may not have partaken of some, you know, the devil's lettuce, as they, they say here, which is legal in California. <laughs> I want to state this up. And I may or may not have gone into ranked play or not ranked casual play with Bison. And just to see if, for those of you who have not partaken in marijuana and other stuff, um, maybe you don't know how it impacts your mental state. But I can assure you, because I also played Monot during this window, that I was definitely not at my full capacity to to play. But I decided to go play Bison and because I, I used to play Bison for about a year. You know, you saw my Bison. It was it's whatever, you know, kind of thing. I, I, my Monot's a hell of a lot better, but I'm like, I'm stoned out of my mind here let me go ahead and just do dumb stuff to people online let me go ahead and do this it worked and it worked a bunch <laughs> yeah. and it was like i was having fun and but i'm playing casual too because it's like if we're playing casual who cares but i, I ran across this poor guile player and it, people can go look at the replay like i don't play a lot of casual matches so they can easily go do it i sat there and i shimmied him for about a second to not gain an advantage to not do anything i shimmied just back and forth because i could because I had that much privilege. I was basically taunting him in the middle of the match without taunting him. I'm like, what are you going to do? I'm bison. I'm stupid. I can do whatever I want to do. I ended up clobbering this guy. I killed him. I murdered him. And I, I sat there and just shimmied in place because I could. I, I, I'm feeling bad about a Guile player. Like, Bison's got like the slowest walk speed in the game, too. <laughs> I know! It is ridiculous! And, and so, where I go... that Our condolences to that guy's oh, family. Oh, man. See, you see, casual play. I, I would not do that in rank, because that's messed up. Because that's actual points, right? This casual play is for fun. <laughs> you, you get to have fun. And I, I still... Even now, I feel a little bad about it. Like, now I'm, I'm replaying the story. Now now people are going to be like, oh, man, the one, the, 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 the guy of uh, Event Hubs is his pothead. Like, <laughs> but anyway, but regardless, um, I was trying to have a good time it's there to have a good time with but man i shouldn't be able to do that i should that should not exist in the game to that degree i should not have that amount of privilege because i i decided to hover my cursor over bison and, and click a button but i do yeah, because i i do i certainly can't do that as but i would have had to work so hard to do that as but not i would have actually earned it but with bison it's just freaking there uh, so why not do it? it why why does that exist capcom are you not getting high and taking your characters into casual because apparently <laughs> you should <laughs> you need to do that capcom yeah I, I spoke about it a few weeks back the thing that we go to watch when we watch esports which has got to be you know up at the top of capcom's priorities and when they're thinking about how they're going to go about developing and balancing these games is that you know beyond the flashy lights and all of that kind of stuff we're there as as audiences to watch competition to see the players push themselves past limits, past their former limits, and go beyond. And at that highest level, that's going beyond what anybody else in the world can do. And if you have a game uh, where that basically does these things for you and there's no need for pushing past limits because it's just a matter of pushing the right button to do the, the silly move, you're really cheapening it. And there might be some fireworks. There might be some, oh, that's cool the first time it happens. And yeah, somebody won $500,000 million and there's confetti coming down from the ceiling, but it's going to subtract from the amount of heart and the amount of legitimacy on that level for people. And they will not watch competition if it is too watered down. I'm not saying Street Fighter V is too watered down to be an esport as it exists now. It's already seen a good bit of success. But if you want to continue to be competitive uh, in that particular arena, which you know Capcom is doing, this is the way to go about it. This is the foundational way of thinking to ensure that, that the heart and the soul of what people are going to watch is going to continue to be there. And it's not just a whomever coming over and, and, and doing, you know, EX stomps all, excuse me, all day. Yeah, and, and 
Now, this part's going to get a, a bit controversial here because there are certain styles, in my opinion, that you do not want to buff too much. And characters based heavily, because we're, we're talking about getting these mid-tiers up here and, and you know, getting some of the, the higher tiers lower, right? Poison, I think, is an example of a character that probably could be nerfed and, and maybe should be nerfed. She's definitely top 10, if you ask me. Um, but she plays mostly a footsie and control style. So if you left her mostly intact, I'd be all right with it. But if you're decreasing everyone else down, you better get poison too. And that's how come I advocate hardcore for, you know, the top 10 you know, getting maybe she doesn't do half life with her, yeah, <laughs> with her bread and butter stock. It, combo. It's a little intense right now, but uh, but again, she kind of needs that to compete with the bisons of, of, of the realm, right? Like if you take that away from her all of a sudden and you don't ad address bison, it's it's how then this is where we go to like you have to get everyone in that top ten. Um, but anyway. There are certain styles here that you don't want to buff, though, that are, that are heavily because they're bad looks for the game. Now, I'm going to go back to Laura and Balrog in Season 2. The U.S. community thought that... Barf. Yeah, they, they thought those two characters were insanely good. Now, Japan had Laura as like a C-tier freaking like lower than mid I, I insanity kind of stuff. They were more high on Balrog, but not that much. They definitely had a bunch of other characters in front of those two, which was shocking. Um those are two styles that were hardcore robbery that the community was like, look, wherever you have these two people on the tier list, this sucks to play against them. And what you want to avoid in this scenario, even with the mid-tier characters, is buffing styles of play that are not fun to play against. Um, again, mm -hmm. is, is Bison's EX Stomp in a vacuum the most unbelievable, egregious move? No, but when you take a collective look at how it functions and other stuff, it's one of the problems of the game. And so that's how you look at balancing this stuff. It's not that you want to have Alex be a top tier character because Alex is mostly robbery. Like when you're playing against uh, Alex, it's like he pops his V trigger one or he gets a couple lariats. You're dead. Like that's how he exists now. Yes. yes. Yeah. And we would like to see uh, that evened out. I'm sure. But if you make that, like if you kept that intact and you make him one of the best characters in the game, that's going to suck. That's going to be again, Laura season two, all over again. We don't want that. We've collectively said, don't do that. Another character that we've talked about that I think is actually in a really good spot. And if they gave him a few quality of life buffs, I'd be happy with it. And that's Blanca. Blanca is a shenanigans character. He wins on a lot of gimmicks. He's designed around them. You don't want a character like that being high tier because when someone's doing a bunch of shenanigans and BS to win, it's like we as a community have been like, nah, dog, that's not what it's short term fun, but it's not a long term kind of sustainable competitive atmosphere that people are going to want to exist in for for much longer than a, a few a few games right and, and it's not a problem that blanca's in the game i enjoy blanca being in the game the blanca chan costume's great i don't like v dealing with v trigger too but it, i deal with it and, and i know at the end of the day blanca's not that great of a character and it's like if i lose to him it's mostly on me you know mm -hmm. like he same might thing with me, dan even yeah. more so with dan when he yeah. comes out those characters actually serve a great purpose. And, and most of the people who play Blanca, I used to play Blanca back in the day. Like you're not expecting him to be great. You kind of want to troll people with him. You want to have fun. Like he's good enough to be competitive, but he's not a great character. And that is okay. Some characters serve that role perfectly. And so where, where I'm going to go here with, with talking about specific mid-tier characters I want to see buffed, like I'm going to talk about the, the styles that we appreciate as a community and focus heavily on those. And, and I'm leaving Alex and Blanca out of the stuff for the most part because it, those are styles that are kind of like, you know, they make them better, but don't make them great because mm -hmm. we, we've decided they don't work very well as a community for us. Most people don't want to see the game come down to a bunch of 50 fifties. That's our biggest problem with street fighter five right now. We don't want to have it be too much of a guessing game. Like a lot of, a lot of reads in there, right? Is that get, why get we, we would put probably grapplers in general on, in at least in a significant part of what you're saying right now. And that like, we probably don't want to see Zangief as the game's best character because there's because of his 50 50 sort of nature at certain points yeah and we have a history of that right with um uh, zangief in um arcade edition of street fighter 4 where he was a top three character and capcom nerfed him down in ultra street fighter 4 um like he was you know i don't know exactly where he fell but he was pretty decent but most people were okay with it they're like you know what he's not dominating the game he's not just you know jumping in there and and zangief is a grappler people almost always traditionally have respect for like sure. he's been around for so long the way he he's plays. got a spot at the table for sure yeah yeah and and so he's allowed to be better than most because you had so many years to like just understand how to counter Zangief and what he is and all that kind of stuff but the times he's been too good which has happened 
people have been upset about it. And Capcom's almost always nerfed him down to not be a top tier character. So that's, we have great examples of Capcom doing things right. Hot shout outs to the guy in the comments that Capcom doing things right. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 the old school member of our, our website. But anyway, we have examples of Capcom doing it properly. And But yes, you're dead on. Grapplers are one of those, like, you kind of want them about mid-tier-ish and that they're good. You know? Yes. So. Um, and uh, it's not to say that you don't ever want to see a grappler win a tournament. That That's that's not the same thing. But yeah, yeah. And, and we've said that enough. I think people that have been following this kind of know. And you can listen to old episodes if you want to hear us talk about why grapplers shouldn't be the best. But that naturally takes me, and maybe you were preparing to say this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What kinds of styles do we want to see? What Great kinds question. of things are fun to play? Yep. Uh, I'd like to see fireballs for mid-tier characters and lower get buffed a good bit. Likely by reducing the startup of projectiles for Sagat, Ryu, Gil, Nash, Falk, and Cody. Um, Guile is considered the gold standard for a projectile thrower in Street Fighter V. And if you go and look up his frame data uh, for Sonic Booms, the startup is 10. Those characters I just named all have about three or four frames more startup on their projectiles or more. Like, it's like, yeah, and and I get it. It's a charge. I think. Yeah, a charge attack versus a motion. So, you know, there's, it, it kind of depends, but I would actually look at cutting a frame from each one of these characters, a startup or recovery or something like that across the board, just as a way of making fireballs halfway decent in this game. Because my big problem with fireballs in Street Fighter V is they are far too weak. They mm-hmm. are, you, they're pretty much negated. Like every character has got great counters to fireballs and all those characters are just named. Their fireballs don't terrify you. Guiles do. And you need to start making characters actually have proper fireball zoning tools if you want to make them decent in this game. Now, here's my question to that. And this is the kind of thing that I'm running into constantly when I'm trying to figure out how to balance all this. I'm sure you are too. But is making the fireballs better the same or more along the lines of giving Alex that really dominant standing jab or are the things that make fireballs more or less in or well not invalid but that that nerf fireballs generally speaking in Street Fighter 5 the strengths the over strengths of other things now I'll turn that question right back to you John when you're that's a great way of not answering it yeah yeah no well because I I think you could answer uh, your own question better than I can and that's why I'm turning it back over to you when a guile player outsmarts you in Street Fighter 2 and makes you jump into a flash kick and does all that other kind of stuff do you feel that he earned that yeah oh and you know and and i know that you got a point going on here but i played my friend tyler the other day uh i played sagat which i very rarely do and he played akuma and there was one round where the last 45 seconds was all just calculated fire it was street fighter 2 play all through and through where you know it was fireballs versus uppercuts and we it went down to like second three and then the round ended and the first thing that he said even though he lost was very excitedly that felt like street fighter i know (laughs) it was so fun shocker name a scenario where that happens in street fighter five well, just there, and it was because he wasn't abusing enough Akuma dumb stuff. <laughs> yes, and, and so, but it, it's rare. And it's like, he he exclaimed, like, and shout-outs to Tyler, he's such a good dude. Um, he exclaimed, like, despite playing Akuma, he's actually a really good dude. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that, he, that, he loses points, but he's all right. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, but uh, you, that that experience is, is not often enough in Street Fighter V. And, and it's just because they have made fireballs not that big of a factor. And you're going to have to buff fireballs up to comparable to Guile level to make them a decent factor in this but game. But is and, that going to mess this game up? Is no, it's fine. Is everybody going to be fireball it's Street powerhouses? Fighter. It's Street Fighter, you're finally making the game Street Fighter. Street Fighter's all about fireballs. When Harada was talking about making Tekken versus Street Fighter, the 20 times he did it and then never did it, he talked about how to make fireballs in the game and how intrinsically important that is to Street Fighter. You're not even playing Street Fighter if you don't have proper fireballs. Like, you're, you're playing some other game that's not Street... You're playing Street Fighter V. That's what you're playing. <laughs> it, it, it's... I, I know this from playing... I, um, No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I don't disagree with you. And yeah, I have... An answer, a different answer to the same question of where do I find the most fun and therefore where would I focus my efforts on a more general change? You're talking here about fireballs for the for the majority of fireball chuckers. I have a different answer and I fully expect you to poke similar holes in what I'm thinking and and uh, so I'm just setting up for that. Uh, but but I, I I'm not saying this as if adding or subtracting a few frames from the start of a fireballs is going to break the game. That's just the kind of thing that you need to consider and check yourself with as you go through these. And it shows, damn, there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through and you jump through one only to figure out that that contradicts another and yada yada. And it's not easy. 
Yeah, and the thing that I look fundamentally is like, look, you need to solve the fireball problem in this game. You should solve it. You don't need to, right? Because the game exists in its current state and it's fine. But damn, it would be nice to throw some freaking fireballs. You know, it would be nice to play some Street Fighter here. Like, you know what would be nice if, if this character didn't suck? Ryu. <laughs> you know, it, it would be nice that if Ryu could actually do the mid-range zoning he's been doing for the last... 30 years and actually do it properly. But you know what? We have to make him rush down in some BS weird character that's not Ryu because it's Street Fighter V. And it's like, what the, where, where did, who made this choice? You know, kind of thing. Like, and I, I get the choice was made for Capcom. And let me state that because you're designing a game and, and you realize certain things are going to work really well and certain things are not. But the thing about it is we have a great example of fireballs working well in this game and Guile. And so you need to make the fireballs more like what Guile has for frame yes. data because that works. But and, but was Guile good because he had both fireballs and the ability to do that crazy rushdown? Because yes. it is that does seem to be the be all end all in Street Fighter is it doesn't you know have something but have that ability to just go crazy on your opponent with rushdown. Yes, and, and but and so I agree. But one of the things that that is it's really hard to argue against is when you're looking at the frame data of Ryu versus Guile. You know, mm -hmm. and you see that like Guile's fireballs are just light years ahead. Like, because a couple frames is a huge deal when you're talking about pretty much any moves in these games, but Absolutely. fireballs very much. And it's like, why? Like, okay, if you say like for example, Kin is not going to have that great of a fireball game, or Kage, or something like that. Sure, those characters, their their fireball is much more of a tool to help them. They're not based around that. But Ryu. Ryu is like the fireball king he's supposed to be in like Sagat like Sagat's mm -hmm. fireballs are they're not terrible and especially with his you know uppercut game and all that kind of stuff but they need to be better you need to have Sagat and Ryu be very hardcore presences in your game and, and so that's why I'm suggesting like a frame or two for most of these characters and then with the collective nerfing of the top 10 all of a sudden that compression it starts making more of a difference. You don't have to go hardcore and give Alex uh, 90,000 damage on his jab. It's like all of a sudden you make a few tweaks to the top and to the bottom and everything is more compressed. And that's what both you and I are advocating for. Mm -hmm. And I will give credit where it is due. Capcom has a tweaked reuse fireball in the uh, in the buff direction a handful of times by yeah. a few frames at a time. And we've remarked at that. It just hasn't been enough because... Well, fireballs, just generally speaking, in the Street Fighter V atmosphere are not what they are in a lot of other Street Fighters. I mean, they're they're better than they were in Third Strike, right? That was a completely different situation there. Um, but I don't want to get too far off topic with that. But they have been, and again, the little incremental changes uh, with trying to buff Ryu up. It's just that it hasn't been the right thing so far. And I think that's where my reservation of like, well, maybe it's not fireballs where, where I mean... Yes, in a perfect world, you want a Ryu with the identity of a fireball thrower and, you know, a traditional Ryu street fighter. And that's a huge thing because it's Ryu of all characters. Not only is it a traditional character, it's Ryu, the face of the franchise. But it's like, well, maybe he just needs to jump on the bandwagon in this late game or late stage in the game and just be good at the things that are particularly good here because... <sighs> You You're, get past a certain point with giving him too much and it becomes just that jab. Like the only way fireballs I, are good yeah. is if they're that jab. Correct, but not accurate is what I would say to that. And the thing is, is all these things can be true. We know, again, that Guile has a good fireball game in this. Like you, if you do not have great fireball counters, Guile will mess you up, you know, and, and he will do it very well. And but what you're saying is also true as well. Like, and, and you're you're saying is Guile great because he has just fireballs, or is it because he can also do rushdown? And you're right; it's because he can do both. Right? Because if everybody has Guile fireballs, especially as someone that doesn't really play those characters, I know I said I was playing Sagat earlier, but he's not one of my mains. I'm like, oh, that's scary, and that's really frustrating to fight yes. against too. Like the zoning get get too zony, and like you're getting away from fun. I'll tell you that. But okay, so let me ask you this question: Would you rather play against Guile or M Bison? Mm, I prefer that they're worst. I I see what you're saying. You, you I would probably saying, I would yeah. probably answer still that I'd rather play M Bison, but I see 100% what you're yeah. saying, and it's not lost on me. Yeah, yeah. So it's and there's a lot of nuance in here, and as you did say, this is not but, easy. We're we're talking about multiple solutions to a very large problem, and that's what you have to do. If you think you, you're going to tweak one thing and the entire game is going to fall into balance and be great, 
That's wrong. It's it, that is not the history of fighting games. The history of fighting games is tweaking a bunch of things. Uh, Capcom did not just rely on delayed wake up um, to fix every problem they had in Ultra Street Fighter Four. People might think that that's the case, but that's definitely not. That Ultra Street Fighter Four patch came with a huge list of balance adjustments, and they looked at characters like DJ T Hawk El Forte and said, "Let's make them worth something." And it, in some cases, it ended up you know you know better than others, but regardless, uh, this is a, a multifaceted approach. You can't just look at one thing in a vacuum, and I know you're not proposing that. I'm, I'm telling this to our listeners. You have to look at multiple things. Are what you do is going to fall flat? Yeah. All right. Can I say? Can I say what my thing would be? Sure. So I was considering it, and I'm thinking about yes, there are all these different types. You know, there's the grappler archetype, there's the zoning archetype, there's the absolute rushdown. But I'm thinking, what is one of the most rewarding things, the funnest things that you can do in fighting games? And to me, that is efficient, neutral, and more specifically in the whiff punish department. If you plan a whiff punish, you set it up, your opponent whiffs the thing because of your positioning, and then you punish for it. I, it might be the best thing, most rewarding thing you can do in these games. That said, I'm thinking about how that works in Street Fighter V. And yes, some of this is a bias as a Nikali player, but we'll get into that in a second. And um, what I've thought about is that what, what's the go-to poke button or poke kind of uh, normal in this game? Uh, I'm guessing you're going with uh, mediums or heavies, uh, heavies, depending on what character you got. Mostly so. heavies. Why? Because one, they're going to do the most damage. Two, they're extra going to do the most damage because a lot of them have crush counter, which if that works out, it's also going to give you V-gauge, which is the best thing in the world here. Um, the priority system makes it so. And then one other thing, though, that might not be as, as, as immediately uh, apparent is the fact that, well, a lot of characters at roundhouse or heavy punch range can't do much in the way of whiff punishing even if they get the whiff punish because you have to be standing pretty far back for yourself to be you know at that particular distance where you're not going to get hit you're not going to block those moves but you're going to be able to to grab the end of it well as an akali player for instance and this also happens with seth and this also happens with kage from my experiences personally so far if you're at that range which you're going to be playing at constantly because everyone's using heavy buttons to poke all the time, then when you finally do get those whiff punishes, so often you get the hit, but then because the center of the character's gravity or whatever immediately zips back to where they're essentially standing instead of how far they're reaching, your follow-up bread and butter combo won't work and they'll block it and then they punish you for it. So not only are you having to play at a range where you're dancing with people's farther reaching heavy buttons because they have so much reward versus mm. how much risk comes out, you're playing at this range and you can't even play very effective whiff punishing. That's not saying that there aren't whiff punishes in this game. There absolutely are. But if you buff this particular uh, um, mode of playing and this particular facet and you allow players to experience the reward of doing that more, that's how you get new players to keep playing your game. It's not oh, make them make it easier for them to empty out the the opponent's life bar in any means necessary. No, that's cheap. But make it a make them able to give them the tools to effectively play that game. Don't make it easy to do, but make it possible to do with a lot of the characters. And there's a few ways of achieving that, and and we can get into details there. Yeah, but let's, that's let's where the I would start. No, how would you how would you go about achieving that? So I really think that heavy buttons in general need to have more risk associated with them. The way I, and this is this is saying that okay, as they exist in Street Fighter Five, all the perks that I just went through, that you can keep all that stuff because that's what they freaking want with it. Fine, fair enough. But at least balance out the risk reward. Well, how do you make it riskier? More recovery. So when I see you with a button, I have more of a chance because it's so often. I mean, this is true for a lot of specials that I've talked about, knees and air fireball and all that stuff. But so often characters will whiff heavy buttons, and I'll just be not able to do anything about it despite directly playing to be able to do something about it mm. and i'm not the best player in the world i but i've i've been around i've i've i should be able to do this more than i've been able to 
and uh, and I think that more people feel that way as well. So I think that they really need to make it so that there needs to be some caution when Bison throws out his psycho acts, when yeah. Urien throws out his, his his standing fierce, when Akuma throws out his crouching fierce, when freaking Rashid does his down, is it forward fierce where he like throws the baloney at you? All that stuff. These these players and these characters are just throwing it out for free at these ranges, and there's so little that you can do about it. So then you end up just hanging back, and then well, what are you gonna do? I mean, I guess. I guess try a special that gets you in, or I guess try a jump, but you're not able to play footsies so much. Now, a couple of characters <laughs> at the very top of the mountain, Akuma, doesn't suffer from that issue. High Fight put out a video recently highlighting some of the biggest uh, advantages you can have in this game, and we've talked about it before. Akuma, if he hits you with his very similar to Nikali's, by the way, standing medium kick, which is the beginning of his bread and butter, almost regardless of distance. If he goes into his BNB, which is the Tatsu afterwards, it goes far and fast enough that it's still going to hit. So he can like legitimately play at ranges where he can play the whiff punishing game and he is rewarded from it. Another player or another character that does that super well, Colleen, because her follow-up is a forward dash. So it doesn't matter how far she is away from you. She's going to be able to reach you if she clips you. And that's super fun. And we super appreciate when those kinds of things happen. What do you think about all of this so far? I, I think that Capcom did this like in season two or three, I forget which, where they added more recovery to heavies. And I the community collectively loved it and said, great work. And you're basically saying, take it further. Not enough, and, yes. Yeah, and I'm going, you know what? I'm fine with that. Like if that is the main thing that they do is just, you know, I, I know with Monat, like uh, I played Chris Tatarian and uh in, and i beat him and he was like i remember afterwards like is this character nerfed they nerfed and i'm like yeah they did like and i feel it i know that they she has more recovery but i'm like i don't know if they gave her enough recovery like it's really like i'm just kind of hammering away at you and you know in monat ended up in a good spot so it's fine but um what you're saying is not lost on me that even going a little bit further even with Monat, probably wouldn't hurt her if you do it mm -hmm. to the entire rest of the game. If You're basically, everybody kind of gets this generally speaking. If everyone speaking. gets it. Yeah, like no matter what, I don't care who you are. If you throw a heavy out, your recovery can't be faster than X, you know, kind of right. thing. Like you have to have 10 frames of recovery or you're broken. And, and uh, to go to a broken example here, you, you were just talking about Akuma standing medium kick, which he convert off of like a bunch of different places. As you said, High Fight said that's one of the things that makes you a top tier character, right? Mm -hmm. That standing medium kick is a five frame normal. That is, I I don't do not believe there's anything faster uh, for mediums in this game. For maybe there's some weird exception, but basically, if you have a medium attack, the fastest it can get is five frames. There are only a couple characters in the entire game that have five frame mediums. It is rare, very rare, and the fact that Akuma can do that and convert off it like crazy, it's bonkers mm -hmm. if that's what you want to make the basis of the character that's fine just don't give him 50 other freaking tools beyond that and so anyway where i go with this is like there's some mediums collectively being six to seven frames is fine you better have a damn good reason why akuma has a five frame normal is what i'm getting at in the same token as you if you're gonna make all, all the heavy buttons in here have like you know no matter what x frames of recovery if you're gonna make an exception to that you better have a damn good reason why and right now i don't think those damn good reasons exist i'm really in your camp here where it's like Heavier buttons, the reward you get from them, they, they they need to be dialed back. And if you just add collectively a frame or two on top of everyone's heavies, I'm going, okay. Not you know, dog. But, I'm yeah, going it, crazier than that. Yep. Before I get into what I would specifically do, though, remember back in Arcade Edition what they did to command grabs? They added yes. eight frames of recovery. Eight frames of recovery to, I think, every command grab in the game. There might have been an exception or two like you were just talking about, but for the, like Nikali got it, and I don't see why Nikali needed it. Um, but anyways, eight frames of recovery, which makes most of them in the ballpark of 60 frames of recovery on whiff. Why did they do that? Because they had a very specific vision of what they wanted a whiffed command grab to mean in this game. Mm -hmm. They saw command grabs as a certain amount of risk, a certain amount of reward, and they're pretty down the middle in, 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 in a lot of ways. Uh, well, depending on the command grab, but they wanted it to be where every time if you missed this move, it was so good and strong and worth going for that if you miss 
missed it, you were getting fully punished because people weren't getting punished enough, which was kind of puzzling to, I think, a lot of us in the community because we weren't really thinking that was where the issue was. But Capcom looked at this problem or looked at what they perceived to be a problem and dealt with it in this very specific way. I think they need to do the same to the way heavy punches work. And right now, heavy punches have, um, or well, not just heavy punches, um, hard attacks, like heavy attacks, kicks, punches, whatever your go-to kind of pokes are going to be. A lot of them sit around 18, 19, 20 frames of recovery right now. Um, and I just don't think that that's enough uh, it, yeah. from from what they've been. Um, looking at Akuma's um, data right now, his crouching heavy punch, uh, recovery 20 frames. Mm. Not hey, here's the thing about this, is, and we've done this experiment, and it's a really easy one to do. If you look at overheads collectively in Street Fighter V, you'll see that they're around, I think the average is like 23, 24 frames. Um, and so being able to uh, react to those is what is expected over an overhead. If, if it's done and set up correctly, you can't react in time, right? But that is on what the edge of the average human reaction is. Mm -hmm. So if these moves don't have enough recovery now, you got a couple in the startup and the active frames as well, right? But if they don't have enough recovery, being able to react in time and, and you know be in position, react, all that other kind of stuff that's required of whiff punishing – it's not really going to happen enough, right? It's not going to be one of the staples of Street Fighter and high-level play is whiff punishing. So where I'm going at with this is that when you're citing these numbers, there's scientific data to back up that mm -hmm. they need to have a certain amount of animation to make them realistically, consistently whiff punishable. Yes. And like there just isn't enough of a deterrent right now for people to just not throw these moves out like crazy. And that's not what you want to see because that's, again, taking away from how much someone's actually thinking and putting their mental oomph into this, this, this puzzle, this fight, this decision. And it's just letting them kind of cheaply push the button over and over again. And, and it's like no one wants to see that kind of thing, man. They, they don't. So I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at a lot of times people talk about uh, heavy buttons as like, well, treat it as a fireball, you know? Um, and, and I look at fireballs, which we actually talked about just a little bit ago. Um, Reuse is a good example. He's got, well, his fireballs have 31 frames of recovery, yeah. um, given that they have 14 frames of startup and they're 45 frame moves. So 31 frames of recovery is a fireball after they've thrown it. Now, if you want your heavy buttons to be something like that, that's still only about half of what a whiff command grab is. I think that we should add around 10 frames of whiff Ooh. recovery. Now, listen to me. Listen, hear me out. 10 frames. That way, if you miss with a bison <laughs> psycho axe or an Akuma crouching heavy punch, which, by the way, you're not supposed to miss with them. That's the point. They have huge reward huge reward you should not be able to just toss them out freely and whether they hit or not it's not that big of a deal there needs to be a, a risk to it because then people aren't going to do it all the time they can have the same crazy good uh numbers <laughs> by the way i forgot to say you can cancel them into v trigger cancels and then that they're there that's a one more advantage to them but if you don't have people missing them all the time that's going to change up your game a lot and there's you know you know when people are trying to sweep and activate into v trigger situations it's like that becomes much more interesting and that's one of the biggest points of, of, of frustration in this game is that you can be doing so well and then people get V-triggers and just put a move on you and activate. It's like this would also attend to that particularly frustrating point and that you could manipulate and have if they whiff that sweep, you're going up and you're beating the crap out of them for it. You know, you're finishing things out. So it forces people to thread the needle with their heavy buttons, which I think we can all agree we are damn tired of not having people have to thread the needle with their heavy buttons in this game. Yeah. And so I, I agree with the, the that statement, but I, I feel like it's like, okay, here's a problem and here is a solution that might completely change the game. And I think that there's enough people who enjoy and appreciate and respect this game still as is that I think the solutions more need to be fairly moderate, like 10 frames <laughs> you want to the, me. You want the, the tweak? I mean, they did eight frames well, to command you, grabs and they didn't even need to do that. Yeah, I, I think they did, actually. I, I think that change has worked out super well in this game. Um, where command grabs were, were, I mean, again, command grab characters, we just talked about grapplers being too robber, robbery, right? That's a staple of command grab characters. They've worked out really well. 
Like, I, I think that that change has been perfect. And it's but like, do you think command grabs are even as strong given what you get out of a command grabs? Usually it's, it's like uh, 200 damage, no more Oki. And that's I, that. I think, I think the command grab changes worked out collectively. We don't cite them as a problem and they're all still useful. I sure, think but Capcom I'm just saying made, like, I think they nailed it. Like they've got uh, 60 frames of recovery and they're as strong as they are. Aren't heavy buttons way better than command grabs in this game with all depending of the Depending on the character. Yeah. I mean, depending on the character and uh, the thing is, is like again i i'm you you advocated for this too earlier you're like why doesn't capcom just tweak it a frame or two here and there and like why not just do a patch here or like with the major balance patch hey every single heavy move now in the game has two more frames of recovery let's see where that ends up and then if it doesn't end up properly like another three months later two months later or something like that That's hey fine guess too. what another two more they frames. just don't they don't do it that way so i'm like if you're gonna make this change do it do all it now hardcore. because i know it's how just, you freaking do it in Capcom doesn't usually do that either. Like, especially this late in the game's lifespan, it's very rare for them to completely change how a game plays. Uh, even with Street Fighter 4, there was a number of people very upset with how that game played fundamentally. I know it's beloved in the community now in terms of, you know, how it's viewed, right? Um, but the, the the lack of offensive freedom and all the option selects and all this other kind of stuff, there are a lot of people very upset about Street Fighter 4 not being Street Fighter 3, basically, and all things in between, right? Um, but it, my point is, it's just, it's super rare for Capcom to go back and... And to do that, I, I really do like your approach overall. Of, I mean, it's super rare for Capcom to make this particular game very fun to play, but we're still trying to figure <laughs> out ways of asking them to do it. So I got to hold that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, regardless, I, again, I, just because they're not, I guess I, I go back to like Capcom, like do things more ideally. And I don't want to see them do an overreach on something that might might have a bunch of unintended consequences that I've not properly thought through on this. And, like, and same, and same. Yeah. I know that there are probably holes in this. And again, going back to there are all these different hoops you have to jump through and you get you know oriented so that you can jump through six. But then there's that one other one that's a huge problem that you didn't jump through and that, you know, whatever issue. So and 10 frames is pretty drastic. I hear you. I might be talking in a little bit of over emotion, but that if it were left to me, I would run that experiment in it very well might set the game on fire and we'd have to roll it back. I get it. And maybe if you're Capcom and you have to actually do this in real life, start with two or three, fair enough. But in a perfect world, I would love to see what this game looks and feels like with uh, 10 more frames on these. And like, yeah, they like they completely stumble or whatever. And it's it's just it's not quite enough to get a jump in combo, but you can dash forward and do a medium combo if they're going to freaking with one of those stupid moves that we've had to hold for so damn long. How freaking rewarding would it be if Bison whiffs a devil dick in front of you and you get to walk up to him and do a full punish instead of missing as he zips back because he takes a step forward and comes back and then he just got to do it for free. And then he does another one and he's plus one. It's like, dude, I'm tired of that crap. Yeah, in a vacuum, like with the Bison example, that's great, but you also have characters who have to whiff heavies and neutral to succeed, like Gil. And if you add 10 frames of recovery onto Gil, what does that do to his Wait, zone? Wait, why does he have to whiff heavies and neutral? That's Because that's the it's thing the only way be. that will keep people at bay. He doesn't even get a crush counter for it. He's not based around that, right? Because he doesn't have crush counters. He has a retribution mechanic. But to keep people from just running in on him, sometimes he has to do a stand heavy punch. Well, you do that with them. mediums. You do that with... And, and, and also... have that option. The, Gil does not have that Gil doesn't have range. medium buttons? No, his medium buttons don't serve in certain circumstances to like just not rush in on Gil. He has to kind of whiff some of that stuff to just kind of keep you at bay. It's his only way of doing it. Where I'm, what I'm saying is that, like, yes, the example works well for Bison, but does that work well for everyone? And I don't think that's the case. I, I think that, that, and it's when you talk about, you know, applying a universal change, you do have to think of characters like Gil, who are whatever they are, kind of are, they're not that great. Like, how does that negatively impact them, right? Yeah, I think you put up walls with mediums and lights still. But I, uh, one other thing that this change would technically or, or, or one effect it would have is that people would start playing neutral differently in, far, in terms of the ranges because you can't whiff as much so they're not going to be pressing those heavies as much the neutral gets closer and closer and the kinds of whiff punishing yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta stuff, stop you the game changes dramatically yeah in, in a good I, way I, becomes yeah. fun I, I, potentially but there's all these unintended consequences that are going to come from this and we don't know where the game will end up with that and and we don't know how that's going to impact the game there's a lot of characters that this could impact in a really weird way and i mean nikali for example like he has to check people with his heavy buttons when, no, when he's no, in no, neutral. No, no, no. he can check people with medium kick it's just that he often checks people with heavy with buttons heavy because, because bigger, bigger that's reward. how the game works but again does this obliterate nikali as a character no it makes uh, him way the hell better and allows him to play his damn game you you can 
can make that case, but I can make a case against it. And we get into theory fighter at that point. And I'm not saying you're wrong. You might be right, but that's a big risk. That is a huge bet to make very late in a game's lifespan where Capcom does not have the resources to heavily rebalance. And, and you're, and I said, you're right before you're right now on that. It, it, let's just leave it at, they should make, they should add some recovery to those super rewarding heavy buttons and, uh, and do something in that Avenue, maybe not 10 frames, but something. Gotcha. And, and I agree with that. I, I think they did it before. They should do it again. And it worked out well. So we, we did hype up a lot of the, the, the mid-tier stuff here. We didn't get into a lot of specifics. We mostly talked about this kind of stuff that would, when you talk about abusable tactics, you're oftentimes talking about the top tiers. And and so when we're listing all these changes, we would do improve fireballs and stuff like that. A lot of the mid-tier characters are fireball users. You you buff that up and all of a sudden, like they're way better. Those are That covers a lot of mid-tier characters we hit in. You make footsies better. That covers a lot of the mid-tier characters that in this game. That covers the cast, though, in a yes. way that where you can now, it doesn't matter who you are, like the parry in Third Strike, it doesn't matter who you are, you have this and you can use this significantly, uh, like in, in a significant way to get toward winning because parries are a huge part of the, the Street Fighter 3 meta. If if everybody had this, it's like, well, that a lot of the top tiers are already directly benefiting from being able to play the footsies and having these amazing uh, uh, normals to begin with. You regulate the normals, not only does it nerf those that that you know have it which it also would technically be nerfing the lower tiers but the lower tiers can now play this more reactionary yes. thoughtful space you out so that you whiff you're really good because people are still going to hit these buttons it, there's so much to them like there's a reason to hit them there's the crush counter there's the, all this stuff the canceling the v trigger the the priority but you can use that and that's freaking interesting i want to get up to where your your heavy button is and then take a step back let you whiff it and then get rewarded for doing that that's the game i want to play and you can do that with just about any character. So that changes it from I'm just resting on what this character's flat out abilities are. And is I can put some of my own sauce onto this, into this situation and, and even make a lower tier character like Alex have a chance because at the very end of the day, man, he can at least play this very integral footsies game and manipulate people on this level. And that sounds like fun to me. And, and, and what that will do is inherently buff people like Cody, Nash, Ryu, Ed, because they play more of that style of game. They don't have the just crazy rush you down, Akuma, Yurian, Kami, Rashid bullcrap going on. Does Rashid play footsies? Yes, but he plays his version of footsies, which, mean, which means you don't get to play footsies at all. I just get to swing Rashid at Rashid keeps you at the heavy button range, and then he starts going shenanigans in the air. It's like you can't enter the danger zone, and yep. pretty soon he's just going to go crazy. And sure, you can jump at him. You can throw some random stuff at him, but the chances are that that's not going to really work for you. And it's just like that sucks. That yep. experience sucks. So you buff... You 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 nerf those characters and you you kind of reward more of that footsie style, getting to the mid tier, low tiers that we're talking about here. You you make that better. All of a sudden, those characters are they don't need to be top tier to be you know better kind of thing. It's like it, it's that style that that it changes the meta of the game. And those characters playing that meta style that they're good at just makes them inherently better. And, and again, give them buffs. I'm not saying that, but like this is it's it's multifaceted. There's multiple ways that you can buff these these mid tier characters by changing the meta of the game and giving them buffs. And all of a sudden, like Ryu's good. Ryu's actually freaking really good. And it's like he, there's a distinctive reason to choose to play Ryu over Akuma. And that's what we're advocating for. We want to see more of the footsies and other stuff. This is the history of Street Fighter. Let's play some Street Fighter. Let's throw some fireballs. Let's play some footsies. Let's do some whiff punishing. That's what we love about Street Fighter. That's the history of this. And history shows people love that, too. Bring that back more than it is right now. Bring it back. Please, Capcom, I am begging you to do that. So is the community doing that. That's Street Fighter. That's what we love. Please bring it back. Yes. And we are not saying that that doesn't exist at all in Street Fighter Five. Yeah. It does. There are situations where you've where I've whiff punished Rashid successfully. There, then, And it's not like every single interaction is just Bison doing his overpower thing and it working out. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is to the extent that that does happen and it happens still too much, it's taking away from the experience. This tweak would make it happen that much less. And from where we stand and from how we can see things, and we're not perfect, but from where we can see things... Well, I can. Uh, as far as my opinions on this, I think it would make things a better game. And I and I, I just I didn't want to speak for you. So yes, no. now it's we. We think that this would be a better <laughs> game. Huzzah. Do it, Capcom. 
All right. So there it is. Uh, and I have to I have to blow us up here as we end the podcast. We did say we we're going to talk a lot about mid tiers and we focus like heavily on bison well, you know, and other stuff. I it, think that this kind of stuff, the fireball stuff, it's very restricted to the fireball characters. But I do think that a lot of the top tiers can already benefit from this. Buffing it so that everyone can do this effectively naturally is going to benefit the lower tiers. Exactly. And generally speaking, more than it's going to benefit the high tiers. So you are buffing the lower tiers in a, in a sense. And it's still maintains generally what Street Fighter V is with all its crazy pressure and V-trigger cancels and yada, yada, yada. You still get all that stuff. You still get your advantages, but you have to be a little more thread the needly with these really good moves. And that's going to ultimately help the people at the bottom. Well said. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Perfect.